Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the Chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. Ah, ah, ah. The coterie hunted Billy through his collection of sewer death traps. Ridley faked his own death before revealing his survival. Everett shot a new vampire frenemy known as the Spider, and Iris managed to get a call in to their friends before she discovered that Emily had killed Dr. Skull and fled the hospital. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. So, Ridley, you finally have a phone in hand uh, from a very concerned Iris who is worried about the state of her Emily uh, less so about the the state of dearly departed Dr. Skull. Um, here's a dilemma, though. Um, you're handed a phone. Normally, you pre-program the numbers into burners. Do you know the number for the Bear Boys? I think I'd have to know a number, because he's functional enough that he'd never leave himself in a circumstance where he couldn't call. He probably would have him, like, you know, Chonky would have one burner set aside that's never used for anything else. It's just... I mean, you could also conceivably just call Malone's. Yeah, but I don't think he would. 
because he's he's covered in the blood of other people. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Eh. No, nah, he could probably just call Malance to get a ride. That'd be fine. Yeah, he called Malance. Okay. So um, the phone rings through, and um, finally, um, uh, TJ Malone picks up, um, and uh, he's just like, oh, hey, uh, uh, Mr. Beef, are you okay? Oh, yeah, we just had a bit of a, shall we say, side adventure from what we'd had planned. Uh, however, I do need someone to come pick us up, and we may look a bit conspicuous, so maybe send, like, two vehicles and some clothes. Um, I can I can send you a taxi if you want, um, but... Uh, well, the Bear Boys have got to be there, right? Like, somebody's well, got to be around. No, no, they're not. Well, what the fuck's... What happened to the Bear Boys? Well, they they all left. I, I, th- I thought they were going with you. No, Bear I mean, I, t- I, I called them, but then, you know, they must not have found me. Oh, fucking idiots. All right, then, um... They were all really excited when, when they left. Uh, I thought they were going on a mission or something, and... Th- they all dressed up real nice and then left. Ah, shit. All right. Uh, okay, that's a problem for the future. Uh, yeah, if you could call us a cab. What time is it right now? We've kind of had a few rough nights. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's late, but, you know, not so late. You know, it's like 11, maybe. No, the, the mall's still open, so like 10. All right, then. Let's, uh, let's say, uh, could you call... Uh, uh, I don't know if you know where, where where the fuck did you get his phone I just say to Iris wind mobile <laughs> okay so there's some kind of underground wind mobile uh, I need you to send it a, a cab there at like let's say one in the morning uh okie dokie <laughs> he's like uh, I've, uh, I've called cabs for weirder things uh, it's, uh, it's no problem Mr. Beef right uh Okay, we'll talk soon. I'm going to make another call. It's rather important. Thank uh, you. All right. I'll go back to karaoke night. And then I, I look to the others and I'm like, okay. So I hang up that call and I'm like, we're going to have to wait about three hours. Uh, and then I just start punching in my emergency chunky number. <laughs> I'm like, hello? Um, the, uh, the phone rings through to uh, a voicemail where chunky's like, hey, you've reached chunky. I uh, can't come to the phone right now, which... <laughs> It's real embarrassing, but I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Leave a message. All right, Chunky, it's Ridley Beef. Uh, I, I'm a, if, if I can call TJ Malone, so tell him where the fuck you are. And if you're out there, uh, meet us back at the bar. I need to know what's going on. Sorry about the last few days trapped in a sewer doing, let's just say, odd jobs with a spider. All right, uh, hopefully I'll see you back at the bar. Fuck. Uh, and then I'll hang up. All right. Okay, I don't know where Chunky is. That one's a bit of a fucky question mark. I'm worried because we sent him out to find us and the orphans were around, so not great. Um, you begin to hear um, a sucking noise. Uh, and the three of you turn to see um, Harvey with um, Billy's arm in his mouth, um, his eyes red, just like fairly gnawing on the stump and um, trying to suck blood out of it. Oh, fuck, he's angry. Uh, fuck, I don't he, even know. Did, a Ellen, thing. did Ellen impart any knowledge to me about a embracing process half done and the um, consequences of that? 
she did say that uh, you always need to be careful when you encounter a recently embraced child or child, or if you want to be, want to use the proper terms. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> but um, they uh, will often, as the, the, the beast kind of takes hold, um, will often go completely feral uh, right after they turn. Um, part of the reason you bury people uh, for the ritual is to like deprive them of senses and, and sort of that phase of things. Um, but given that Harvey has been kind of awake the whole time and was also on the verge of death, like this is a weird, honestly, this is probably what Ridley's would have been like if it hadn't been kind of carefully executed. Um, so yeah, Harvey is like, he still can't stand, um, because his spine is still shattered, but, um, yeah, he, he's just like, just full on like, uh, ing away at the, uh, the stump of the arm. All right, so if he's angry enough, he's eventually going to try to eat us. Unfortunate news, we're stuck here for three hours. Uh, I don't even know who he can't eat. Uh, you know Harvey better than anyone else, Everett. He's obviously Ventru, because we're Ventru, so we can't eat certain things. What do you think he can't eat? I don't know. He's. I don't think the rules are really in play here. He's gone feral. I think that's why we have to be buried when we turn. So all we can do right now is restrain him until he comes to his goddamn senses. Well, I've got well, some good news of... for you there. There's a lot of tinsel in that uh, in those Christmas boxes. <laughs> all right. Or, or I'm sure there's someone shitty outside that we could bring in and feed him, and then he'll fucking settle. Because if he starts screaming, we're going to have to kill a lot of people who come in here, and then we might go to jail, and in jail they tend to have fucking windows, and then we're dead. Let's start with gagging him. We can even take him back the way we came, where it's nice and quiet. We don't have to wait right out here. I I will admit, I am confused by your treatment of Arby. I am too. <laughs> I was like, I'll tie him up and then take him back. He's like, this ain't Harvey right now. This is a wild dog. And I'll like, like, I'll, I'll, I'll bound his arms if he'll let me, or I'll rather I'll try to overpower him to bind him. Yeah, his body's still pretty fucked up. Um, okay. You get the sense that it might heal um, with his, his new kindred powers. Mm -hmm. It might not. This just might be his deal now. You're not sure. But it he's definitely pliable enough. Like I'll he, leave the he, arm in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, as long I'm, as he's got that, he's fine. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. It's, a weird, it's a weird gross pacifier. Everett, yeah. what if we give him blood and then he can heal himself? Because I don't know how long human injuries last in a vampire before they're forever. And I don't think he'd like, like the goal was turn him kindred, keep him alive, get him back to normal. Uh, I will say, Ryan, because you did feed him some of your blood, he already has, uh, the healing properties of that are already starting to take effect. All right, then fuck it, we'll just ride it <laughs> Great, so um, you bring Harvey downstairs. Uh, Iris, um, obviously you're all stuck here for a little while. But this Emily news is is quite concerning, uh, as you literally yelled at me as a human on break. Um, <laughs> what is going through uh, Iris's head right now? I'm confused. I'm worried. I'm angry. I want answers, and I want to get the hell out of this mall. But mostly I just want some wine, and then <laughs> I don't have it. But I'm very close to just, like, going back out in that mall and breaking into the Cinnabon so that I can have a cinnamon bun with blood syrup on top. It's a appropriate to the show snack. All right. Well, Miles, go ahead and roll me a um, resolve and 
Streetwise, please. Or Composure and Streetwise. Actually, probably Composure. Yeah, there's nothing in Streetwise. I figured. A surprise. She grew up on the hard streets of Poet Laureate Town. Two <laughs> successes. Um, okay, so I will say you are enough uh, in your faculties to, if you don't want to storm the mall for the Cinnabon, you don't have to. If you'd failed, you would have just been, like, compulsed to, to go do it. Uh, do you think you go or no? No. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um... Ah, uh, she won't. Okay. Um... Wicked. Um... So, the time passes tremendously painfully for all of you. Um, Iris, you're both worried about Emily and in desperate need of human comforts that are no longer available to you, such as Cinnabons and wine. Um, Everett, uh, you're still haunted by uh, Dominic Looney's death, but now also um, the embrace of, of Harvey. Um, also the uh, the strange dynamic this brings to your relationship with Ridley, because now your kind of best friend and partner is kind of his ward, um, which just complicates things in all manner of ways. Um, Ridley, for you, um, obviously the, the Bear Boys not being at TJ Malone's is pretty fucking concerning. Um, so Mayday Malone's is definitely interesting. Good news is you don't have a vampire in a box in the basement anymore, so Martha doesn't get out, so that's good. Because, you know, dead. Um, so for all three of you, it's it's an awkward an awkward few hours. Is there anything you think you would do while stuck in this sort of limbo space? If the answer is no, also fine. Well, it's not something Everett would be doing for fun or to pass the time. It's an unfortunate moment of he wouldn't want to look at Harvey like this, but he has to watch him because he's uncontrollable right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's just sitting across from Harvey, bound with an arm in his mouth, worrying it like a dog, and just sitting there just being like, and I, I feel like, yeah, Ridley would come over and be like, you said you were going to gag him. Don't use the arm. He could spit that out. And they just take the arm out and put a gag on him and then say, all right, so I've, obviously I'm going to have to go through this again when you're more in your own brain. But maybe if you're it twice, you'll remember better. So awkward truth, vampires are real. Uh, and then he will just spend the time talking Harvey through everything they've learned about the Camarilla and the Sabbat and what's going on in Montreal and what it's like to be a vampire. All right. Um, you will have to repeat that when he's not feral, but I appreciate the gesture. Um, Iris, uh, as terrible as everything is, you actually enjoyed this version of Harvey more than you enjoyed his stand-up routine, so there's that. Um, so the time passes, and um, finally a very confused but clearly very well-tipped uh, cab driver um, knocks uh, on the appropriate door and uh, says, um, Hi, hello, um, I'm supposed to pick up some, uh, what does it say here, uh, strange-looking people who are very nice who I shouldn't ask too many questions of um, that uh, I'm supposed to take to, uh, to a bar. Would that, would that be you folks? I was told to, to look for a utility closet near the Wind Mobile store. 
there are 55 wind mobile stores in this mall. Uh, it took me a while to find this one. I'm sorry I'm late. Help you found us. Uh, all right. Well, uh, all right. You're you know what? Why don't you why don't you come in here for a second just to make sure that this is going to go the way we all want to make sure it goes. And he just like opens the door and lets him come in and then he closes the door and he's like, hello. So obviously we're having a rough fucking day. This is me looking like this. This is them. And this is Harvey. And he just points to a man wrapped in tinsel with a gag in his mouth. Well, we're supposed to be the ride, but I don't know if you're going to be okay with us getting into the cab. How are you feeling right now? Uh, and he'll just kind of like check him out to see if he thinks he can handle this. So he's doing his level best professional, I deal with weird shit all the time face, where like the smell and the horror. Um, but uh, he uh, he kind of nods and he kind of looks looks left and right. And he's like, um, you guys, uh, you guys are kindred, right? Oh, now that is an interesting question. I'm going to say yes. All right. Uh, and uh, he nods. He's like, uh, you know, you are you are not my first kindred passengers. Um, this is uh, it's more common around these parts than I think uh, uh, a lot of a lot of you folks would like to believe. Uh, my name's uh, Nathan Dinkeldorf. Um, no, it's not. Come on. <laughs> It, it is. It is. Uh, look, I think I'm being pretty cool about the guy with the arm in his mouth, so maybe leave the, the Dingledorf uh, lineage out of it. We're a, a proud and noble... Uh, who am I kidding? I, I drive a, a cab for monsters. Uh, anyway, um, sure, let's let's get your pal. Um, I'll make sure to put down a tarp. I keep a couple in the trunk. Sometimes people go in the trunk. Uh, if you like to follow me, and he sniffs the air. He's like, yeah. oh, fuck, I really want a cinnamon bun. You got a, you got a business card there, Mr. Dingledorf? A little personal contact information in case we need a ride again? Uh, yeah, and he starts, like, he pulls out his wallet, and there's, like, uh, a condom that has very clearly been in there since, you okay. know, it's in a package, but, like, you know. I was worried for a minute. <laughs> I mean, you still should be. Condoms break down with that amount of heat and compression. So, like, it's not good, but it's I there. I say Ridley tells him that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. goodbye, old friend. And he, he pulls out, it's, like, obviously, like, a magnum or something stupid. And he, like, tosses it into the tinsel. Um, he's like, well, it did come in a 12-pack, so I guess I finally have use for one of the other 11. Um, and then he, he keeps flipping through, and he finds just, like, a, a, a just a clearly very weathered, kind of dented, crinkled card. He's like, they gave these to me when I first started driving. Uh, honestly, I've I've never really given them out, but here you go. And right. sure enough, it says uh, uh, Nathan Dinkeldorf, comma, taxi driver. That's what I've written in my notes as well, so that's convenient. <laughs> all right, so I think we'll go for a walk with you. But Nathan, along the way, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, do you own your own car? Because I feel like... Let me just say this. And this is all just like as they carry Harv out through the mall. Yep. He's like, I, I've come into some money and I feel like someone who knows a little bit about the world we live in, who might be able to show up to drivers' places on short notice, might be the kind of guy who'd like to own his own vehicle and run his own business as opposed to being employed by some big taxi company. I mean, they did give me these nifty business cards, but they also take a lot off the top. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I I, I own the vehicle, but uh, you know, my plates are still licensed to Blue Star, the uh, the cab company. Well, how much do you think it would cost us to get you something licensed? To, you know, to you and us. Uh, and he lists an incredibly accurate to Montreal of 2020. Uh, I guess it's Might 2019. Might we say something in the realm of a hundred thousand dollars? Hundred thousand dollars to start Dinkeldorf cabs? My God, the dream of my grandfather shall be realized. Uh, yeah, uh, that sounds pretty good to me, man. Uh, I mean, your, your bartender buddy tipped me pretty good up front, but uh, hey, if that's the way you want to roll. Um, uh, I guess uh, let's go into business. This is exciting. Congratulations, partner. And I shake his yeah, hand. And he I... shakes your hand. He's like, this is great. And then he looks at like the bag that you've all stuffed Harvey into. And he's like, oh, right. Okay, sorry. I know you guys have had a time. Let's uh, let, let's let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to give you the Dinkeldorf touch. Uh, that sounded bad, but like it just means good service. Uh, that still sounds bad. Okay, you know what? Just put him in the trunk. Um, service us away, my new partner. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you, it's a you know beat up Blue Star cab. You um, you'll kind of pile in. It's got tinted windows, uh, so that's going to be nice for you know Harvey. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll pile in. Um, who's riding shotgun? I will. Cool. All right up front. Um, so he uh, he puts the car into gear and um, he starts driving uh, driving you towards Mayday's. Um, it's uh, it's one a.m. So obviously it's still dark. Um, you guys are all pretty fucking beat. Um, there has been no real rest since the hunting party, uh, the wild hunt. Um, and. Uh, I guess my question is, Iris, are you going to the bar or are you going to try and get dropped off at the hospital or the police precinct? I mean, I'll probably want these guys to come with me. So I figure we'll drop things off at the bar and then go to the police. Cool. Um, all right. So you pull up to um, uh, Mayday's and uh, the police is, is, I mean, it's 1 a.m., so things are starting to wind down, but still, still lively. Uh, karaoke night seems to be in full swing. Um, and uh, yeah, you pile out of the car. Um, Nathan thanks you, uh, Ridley, for for going into business with him. Uh, leaves you with his card, uh, and then heads off to go get his his car, like heavily, heavily cleaned, uh, because it is a stanky mess in there now. Um. So do you guys go in through the front or do you go around to the kind of the service like loading entrance that you have keys to? Uh, Ridley would take the group around to the service entrance because if there's karaoke night, like they don't need to cause themselves more problems in the neighborhood. Totally. Especially not if the bear boys are there because if the bear boys are there, nobody would fuck around, but they don't need this shit if it's weird. Yep. Okay. So you make your way into the basement. Um, All of you are able to get a fresh set of clothes. Um, There's like a shower down there. Um, So obviously it's not home. But it's enough that you can. Oh, still alive. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> enough that you can um, kind of get get cleaned up a little bit. Hi there, I'm Tom McGee, and I love stories. And odds are, if you're listening to our shows, you do too. So, if you're wondering how you can help support our storytelling and world building and these 
wonderful characters and their sometimes ridiculous journeys, you can head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. There you'll find a variety of different levels and different perks starting from as low as a dollar, which gets you into our Patreon-only Discord where you can talk about the latest episodes, all the twists and turns, and just generally hang out with some truly lovely people. There's a whole variety of levels with everything from advanced episodes, ad-free feeds, to of course at our $25 level getting to create your very own character who appears in some of our shows and sometimes becomes a a long-running friend or foe of our characters. So, if you want to get involved, if you want to help us tell more of these stories, then head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. And help us create more of these fun adventures together. Hey, friends. It's Ryan, but like regular Ryan, as himself, talking about Dumb Dumbs and Dice. Yeah, so I'm one of the people behind this show. Obviously, you're listening to the show. You're loving this show. Somebody's doing great. Probably probably not me, but like Tom, he does really good work. Tyler does really good work. Uh, third person also does really good work. I don't know what show this is on. But the important thing is that you can support the show and join the show at patreon.com slash dice. That's right. That address that I totally just said. Go there. Join Dum Dums and Dice. Support the show. It's going to be great. Iris, do you think you would... You, I assume, given how much you guys use this as a base of operations, you would have stored spare clothes here? Uh, yeah, likely. Okay. So it really is like a like a go-bag level thing. It's not like a you know full outfit, but it's, it's fine. Um, cool. <laughs> If she hadn't, she'd be wearing Martha's clothes. (laughs) That is where I was going with that, yes. Um, So, yeah, you you pack um, Harvey into uh, the Martha box. Um, You find some, uh, you know, gather some dirt, I suppose, from outside. But there's also, like, potatoes and stuff from the kitchen. So you just kind of pack them into potatoes and dirt. We compost them. Exactly. Got to do the environmentally responsible (laughs) thing, you know. He'll appreciate it when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you bury him with a straw, the straw won't break down, but he will. Um, so, uh, Everett, is there anything you, you say to Feral Harvey before you close the lid? I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon, Harv, when you're more uh, prone to chatting. It's all right. I still got my arm. Um and then he, he just makes direct eye contact with you as he continues to try and suck the last remaining drops out of this arm as you just kind of close the box. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I was going to say, and I reach in and pat him on the head, and I'm just like, don't worry, my family has a history of adoptions. I'll raise you just as good as my mum raised me. Uh, <laughs> close the box. Ever doesn't know what's more horrifying. <laughs> the fact that Ridley's going to raise him or that uh, Harvey's already talking and is... Very, very different. All right. So before we go, I just want to check uh, check it, grab one thing, if you don't mind. Uh, and Tom, I'd like to go up to the office. Uh, and we had stolen some gear from the vampire hunters. Mm-hmm. So knowing most of the gear probably wouldn't be super useful for us, but there were probably some silver bullets and maybe silver knives, because I feel like that would be Ridley's full extent of knowledge. Yep. Uh, if he could, like, take two pistols loaded with silver bullets and then two silver knives, he'd bring it to Everett then himself and just say, we know we got a lot of fucky vampires around, and uh, right now, your gun didn't work on that fucking spider, so maybe we just kind of upgrade a little bit. Don't use it on people. 
You carry a different gun for people. Your boring gun is for people. This is just in case vampires show up. Right. Um, and I'll look to Iris and say, uh, Iris, what are we going to do about Emily? I mean... Oh, and do you want a gun? <laughs> I've already pocketed... Oh, her, sorry. Oh, no, I know you took yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure, why not? Um, I don't know what we're going to do because I don't know where she is, so I think we all need to go to the police together and at least figure out what they know. Or we can just go to the hospital and see what we can figure out ourselves. I understand. I'm just trying to uh, prepare you. Emily might be a talking problem when we find her, or she might be a silver bullet problem. Mm-hmm. You uh, you think on that. Or do we keep the theme going and make her into a kindred? I'm just saying we've got more potatoes and everyone's got a gun. So with the question lingering in the air, uh, you begin to make your preparations. So um, are you going to go to the hotel, or the hotel, Jesus, the hospital or the police station? I mean, personally, everyone, he like Ridley returns with, I would say like a 38 or like a 36, like a small old fashioned revolver that Iris would know how to use kind of thing. Mm. You wouldn't bring something that could jam. Just no, no fuss, no muss, hide it in a purse. Um, and then, uh, so what I'm, I'm thinking we might want to go to the hospital and find out what's going on. I'm naturally uncomfortable as three people who have been adjacent to a lot of recent crime to just walk into a police station. I'm, I'm okay with that. Also, if we can get out in front of them, I guarantee you, Dr. Skull, not known for being terribly well-liked or not shady, if they kept him employed, that hospital was covering shit up. All right. So with that, you um, make your way to the hospital. Um, so nice thing about hospitals, they're open at all hours. Um, so you make your way in. Also, I think at this point, you guys have all been to see Emily and Dr. Skull enough that they, they kind of know you enough to wave you through, as it were. Um, so uh, that said, when you reach Emily's floor, um, it's... Uh, it's similar to uh, the, the university investigation you did. There's a lot of, like, police tape up. Um, and uh, as you get closer to Emily's wing, um, you the, the place is, is a bit of a fucking mess. Um, it's clearly been kind of cleaned up, and uh, obviously the, the bodies have been moved. Um, but um, there is uh, clearly uh, cleaning product on several of the walls, um, and, uh, you kind of can't quite see into the, the area where she, where her bed was. Um, there are a couple of cops kind of on duty guarding it. Uh, what is your approach? Um, uh, Everett will say to Iris, uh, Iris, you have a legitimate connection to Emily here. It might be easiest if you go... We'll tag along, but, uh, you know, they may have questions for you, but it might also get us into the crime scene without having to lie. Sure. Okay. And I, I'll walk up to the police officers and identify myself as 
Emily's boss and that I was contacted and that I was here to see if I could help and see the room and see if I had could have any insight into it. Sure. Um, so, yeah, given that you, you were contacted, um, there, there's a little bit of grumbling around, like, you're supposed to go to the station, but you're here. And uh, honestly, this stuff's fairly common. I think you get the sense they kind of think you're here to pick up her stuff. Mm. Um, so they guide you in. Um, and, uh, yeah, it is a fucking bloodbath in here. Um, there are um, gouges taken out of uh, some of the walls and floor. Um, in uh, kind of a sort of like a claw slash pattern. Um, and uh, one of the cops just kind of gestures to um, a bunch of broken glass and blood. And he's like, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the uh, physician on duty was, um, well, his, his head was turned all the way around. Um, it was, uh, it was pretty gruesome. Um you know, uh, I don't know what kind of crazy drugs they were on uh, to do this, but um, do you, well, this might be an indelicate question, but uh, ma'am, is your uh, assistant, uh, does she do bath salts? Emily has never done drugs in her life. All right. Well, something bad happened here. Yes, indeed. Anyway, here's her stuff. <laughs> Just like hand you a bag. If I'm seeing this crime scene, is there anything I can do to infer just exactly what happened here? Yeah, man. Can you roll me, uh, I know you you can, uh, investigation and um, probably intelligence, I think. Intelligence, one less. So it's only 19 dice instead of 20? It's just seven. Just seven. Two... Uh, three successes. Okay. So, um, Everett, to you, it looks like, and particularly because of your kind of previous experience tracking vampires, mm-hmm. um, Emily's bed is definitely ground zero for this. Um, but to your eye, it doesn't look like something attacked her. It looks like she attacked some things. Um, like there's kind of a blast radius of carnage out and away. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can infer that. Um, you can definitely tell that um, whatever was happening was pretty one-sided. Um, and uh, the only other detail you get is as you, you kind of like run your fingers through kind of these divots, um, you look up and for the first time you notice that um, there's a window with a direct line to Emily's bed. And through it, you see just past a full moon. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go on a limb here and uh, s- specifically look for hair or fur. Yeah, you definitely find uh, a bit of that here and there. Okay. Uh, I will turn to Iris and privately, you know, quietly speak to her and say, um, Emily did this. I think whatever the Bouchard brothers gave you to treat her, 
it's turned her into a werewolf. I'm sorry, what? Evidence at the crime scene suggests Emily turned into a werewolf and attacked the hospital staff. You do recall seeing um, an odd vertically slitted eye for just a second when you visited her not that long ago. God damn it. Do you know where she might go? She were to get out of here if Emily was kind of driving the bus where she might head. I mean, if she turned into a werewolf, she doesn't have much control over where she goes or what she does. I mean, I'm just trying to build a case here. I don't know. Um, I don't know. She... Ridley will have waited until the cops are well clear of the conversation yep. and then approach him and like, well, where the fuck would arrested a werewolves? Because we know they were out in the woods. Also, we got to call these fucking Bouchards because if they gave this shit to you, it means they're working with the werewolves, which means we can't trust them fucking either. Well, I mean, they hunt werewolves. They showed us pelts. Maybe it's just werewolf byproduct that they didn't know how it would work on a person. Well, that seems like a fucking bad move. So we need to let them know one way or the other. But mate, well, if they aren't werewolves, then they know where werewolves go. That is a good point. If she don't, if she ain't driving a bus, someone's driving a bus. And if it's a wolf, then it probably goes, oh, runs it in the woods or something. And they'll know which fucking woods are good. So you don't think she'll go back to the hotel or something else? If, I if she has any control over her actions at all? She might if go I was her, I wouldn't go to a hotel if I was a giant eight-foot full hairy monster. I wouldn't be like, you know what? I'd like room service. I feel like I'd fuck off. We actually haven't ever established where Emily lives. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't know where Does she... Does anyone know? <laughs> you don't know where she lives? She comes to me. <laughs> okay, well, does she have like that's, a... That's like 100% fantastic like devil wears prada boss level i really i really like that <laughs> does she have like a find my phone or some shit where you can find her if she doesn't answer i've got her stuff in a bag right here she doesn't have her phone she didn't think detective it, answered the phone she didn't think her werewolf brain to go oh maybe i should tuck that into my fur oh well we should all just shit on me because everyone else has so many Keep fucking your ideas. voice down ridley the, the cops are like sorry is there a problem with her stuff no we found no, it. no, no! I just got to go take a shit, uh, and I go down. <laughs> I go down the hall, uh, and Tom, I want to look for a janitor because mm-hmm. I realize there's an assumption that we have made that we have not confirmed. And when I find out, I'm like, "Hey, sorry, I didn't mean to bug you, but I'm supposed to uh, have a chat with Doctor Skull. Is he around?" Oh, oh, um, I don't know uh, how to tell you this. They don't cover this in custodial training, but. Um, Dr. Skull is dead. Which, honestly, I'm surprised he made it this long. That guy was on a lot of drugs. Yeah, he owed me a fuckload of money. Um, Mm. Awkward question, but you seem like the honest type. How much would it cost if, say, I needed to see the body so I could maybe take a photo and confirm from my employer that we can't get that money? Uh, he kind of shrugs. He's like, sorry, man, that's above my pay grade. I mean, he'd be in the morgue on site, but I, I don't have access to that. I, I just work this floor. Do you know who would have access if I was to, say, give you, let's say, $100 and then give them as, like, a lot more to open a door and not say that they opened a door? Uh, sure, yeah, he, he gives you the contact for, for the lady who could hook you up with that. 
Great. So uh, your goal is to what? I'll just find out if they want to see the body or not. I don't know. He's a detective. I think Ridley is literally just like trying to be useful because they're standing in a room saying they don't know what to do, but gotcha. being very determined about it. Gotcha. So, uh, Miles, I'll say that amongst Emily's stuff, um, there's like her wallet and some other things that actually give you a pretty good indication of uh, where she's holed up um, or where she has been holed up. Uh, but to your earlier point, you don't know if that's where werewolves go, but that seems to be where, where Emily is. It's uh, an apartment uh, a few blocks away from um, your kind of hunting grounds. Um, Everett, would you want to go see this body? Yes. I think Everett's kind of progression now is check the body because it's here on site. Check Emily's place because it's nearby. Check with the Bruchard brothers because they're furthest away and kind of hard to get to. Okay, cool. Um, Iris, would you go with them to see Dr. Skull's body? Yeah, I'd keep us all together. Cool. So the three of you make your way uh, down. You talk to the custodian who uh, said she'd hook you up. Um, and she's just like, okay, just be be quick. This is, the, the, I mean, the, the cops are supposed to send a coroner over any, any minute now. So just, you know, be quick. Appreciate it. Um, so you slip into the morgue and um, she indicates which like pull out lockery thing where you'd find ammo if it was resident evil for some reason, <laughs> uh, to pull, you pull it out and, um, there lies Dr. Skull, beloved NPC. Um, his head has been twisted completely around. Um, there are deep claw marks in his chest. Uh, he is very dead. And Ridley would look to make sure we were alone to be like, okay, so he got fucking clawed up. Does that mean he's going to become a werewolf? Do we have to, like, stab him in the brain or rip his heart out or something so he doesn't go feral? I actually know nothing about werewolves. I don't know either, Ridley. Oh, fuck me. Um, Ridley will cut his head off uh, and then open the next slab and just put the head in there and then we'll put the first body away. Everyone will just look. Watch him do this, just completely puzzled. <laughs> well, listen, I can't carry it out. I don't have a fucking bag, and there's no way. And I look over at Iris. I'm like, that purse looks nice. It's not one of those big fucking honking bags. I don't want a dead head in my bag. No. Oh, no, she's not like somebody's mum. <laughs> uh, the custodian comes back in. She's like, hey, um, are, are you folks done? The, the corner's on his way down. And uh, you didn't touch anything, right? Of course not. Why would we do that? That would make no sense. Oh, I agree. That'd be awful. Uh, that would really fuck me over if you did. So <laughs> you should have set those ground rules, but you know, I trust you. I yeah, guess. don't worry. We're good for it. All right, let's go. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll give her like too much money for <laughs> bribe because I do feel bad, but it had to happen. Fair enough. Um, so with that, you you make your way back out um, with uh, uh, the plan on uh, heading to Emily's. So Minutes later, you um, arrive at uh, Emily's apartment. Uh, her keys are in, in the amongst her, her possessions. Um, you go up and uh, you open the door um, and uh, the TV's on um, and uh, you can feel cool breeze um, blowing in. Uh, and as you, uh, Everett, knowing fire escapes as well as you do, um, you can see that uh, clearly the window's been punched out. And uh, the place looks ransacked. Um, glass in or glass out? Uh, glass in. And then seeming like 
I think from a quick eye, it looks like Emily likely broke in, yeah, looted around, and then left. In and out, Tyler. Yep. All right. Um, and uh, Iris, you have one of those weird moments of like standing in your assistant's house. Uh, you've always considered Emily a friend as well, but this is just a weird level of intimacy you never really wanted or needed. Because um, you have a nice place, and this is some weird pleb house. Um, but uh, it it is nice to see, and, and also like she's barely been here because she's mostly been kind of tending to um, to the coterie's needs. Um, wow, unless she's got one hell of a checking account, you do not pay this woman enough for twenty four hour <laughs> service. Holy shit! I pay her enough. Um, and uh, so you begin to to kind of look around, and um, as you do so, two things happen. One. Um, Ridley, uh, your phone rings. And oh, fuck. it's Chonky. Uh, Hello, and, old boy. Um, and he goes, oh, listen, uh, Ridley, I, I, I can't talk. He, he'll hear us. Um, the boys and I are in some real trouble. It's, it's, it's the Satin Prince. He's, oh, hey, coming. Um, save us. And then he hangs up. Okay, what the fuck do we know about a satin prince? I've never heard that name before in my life. I believe we have, actually. Yeah, you, uh, my notes. he um, is a famous pop star um, yeah. who is going to be coming to town. Oh, yeah, we're going to try to bodyguard for him. him. Yeah. Um, so it would seem that he is in town. Sorry, Miles, one more time. Your mic cut out. Oh, I have no memory of this. All right. No, I, I, it, you weren't evolved. That's the thing. It's all coming back to me. This was a me thing. I don't even think you were in the room. So, spoiler alert, uh, the bear boys have been kidnapped, and I need to go save them ASAP. There's an evil vampire. You know what? I bet his real name's Elias. And the second thing that happens is a news report uh, comes on. And uh, Iris, you are surprised to see a, a picture of yourself. Um, and the newscaster says, uh, and in an increasingly strange development in the Gordon Stevenson case, it would seem that uh, famous poet Iris Dunn was involved in the kidnap and possible murder of the university professor. And an audio clip begins to play. And uh, the newscaster just sort of shrugs and is like, admittedly, in this newscaster's opinion, no great loss. But the law, it would seem, does not agree. If you have any leads on the whereabouts of Iris Dunn, you are encouraged to call this number. And that is how Iris Dunn made Montreal's most wanted list. Goddamn butler. Well, fuck. All right, so here's the deal. I think we're going to have to take Emily's clothes and give you an haircut. You're going to look so great when we're fucking done. Every get scissors, you're on the air. I'll do the wardrobe. Can't get a new face, Ridley. No, but we could do the air and I could put clothes on you. Nobody will expect you to be wearing plaid. Look at this shirt. And he just takes out, like, a full lumberjack outfit. <laughs> an Emily head? <laughs> yeah, she's got it. She dresses very... She's got a whole selection in here. She's got a Halloween costume of a penguin, but I thought it might be too much. I I have nothing to say to that. I'll do your makeup. You're going to look great. And with that, Iris Dunn got yet another 
Coterie Makeover. This episode of Blood and Serum features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Maggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Dum Dums and Dice logos are done by Decapitated Markers. At Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control in Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. You can also buy merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, and you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. Ah, ah, ah. Spooky. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.